I really never had any examples in my life that showed me that I could make money doing what I love. So to now see that we can make this a business and create something that's really beautiful and impactful and meaningful that fulfills us from you know the inside out has just been the most beautiful blessing you know in my life. Welcome to the HTW podcast, where your hosts Erica Huss and Zoe Sakutis, founders of Blueprint Cleanse, the iconic juice brand that sparked a multi-billion-dollar category. We bootstrapped, scaled, and sold, and now we're moving on. We stepped away from the juicer and into the sound studio to talk about this rapidly evolving world of wellness. We'll sit down with wellness experts and entrepreneurs for candid conversations and tales from the trenches, how they got their start, how they turned their ailments into ideas, and what they've learned along the way. And we'll bring you news, updates, and our unsolicited opinions on everything we discover in sickness and in wealth. Located at the intersection of wellness and business, H2W is your navigator on the bumpy highway to well. Hello, Erica. Hello, Zoe. How are you? Fine, thank you. And you? Um, well, thanks. I don't know what accent that was that I was attempting. So, Erica. Yes. What did you What did you watch today on TV this morning? Well, you know, I like to uh, start my morning at the gym with a little Today Show uh-huh. because I don't really watch TV at home in the morning, um, and that's kind of like my my look into what's happening in like the world of Morning television. I like to switch back and forth. I listen. If you're on a day, yeah, if you're on a treadmill. It's like guilt-free. TV. Yeah, and it, it makes the time go by. I like a little CBS this morning. I really like to switch back and forth. Um, but actually, there was a little fun fact that they were discussing this morning on the Today Show, which I thought was interesting and apropos for the episode that we are going to share today. Um, the fun fact: it's not completely new breaking news because it is the Today Show that we're talking about. But um, and gotta love, by the way. Sidebar on today's show, can we talk about the fact that Ugh. our favorite partnership is going to be coming to an end? What? Who? Kathy Lee is leaving. You know this? she going to rehab? I kid. What is she doing? <laughs> she's leaving. She's done. She's moving on. She's got like... She's just retiring. Yeah. Oh, she's, so not, like, she's just... Okay. Coda and KLG no longer. Oh. The door is opening for us. Oh my God. Pass the torch, ladies. Pass the torch. I've got the, I've got the wine chilling. Exactly. I mean, I do love Savannah and I love Hoda and Savannah's rapport, but it's nothing like Hoda and KLG. No. Oh, they were so spicy together. I liked it. Um, They had some flair. Yeah, because she announced it a couple months ago. So it is. All right. Well, maybe we could do a special episode for their, you know, pay tribute. Sit down and open some wine and watch TV together. That's going to be our special episode. That sounds like everyone would totally (laughs) tune into that. And then be super depressed at the end of it. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a ten o'clock hour. Um, nobody knows what happens at eleven. But what I that they were talking about this morning, which I thought was interesting, was that uh, millennials are experiencing what they call a sexual recession. Ooh, ouch! Uh, which basically suggests that millennials are having less sex than generations above them, which we kind of already knew. Yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, it was they're, interesting to hear. Like they sat down with a handful of millennials to talk about like. You think this is true? And they were all like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is kind of fascinating. It's like, you know, it's a far cry from our parents and they're like swinging key parties. It's like, yeah, but it's, 
But it's so, it's obviously because of like, you know, we all live in our phones, right? Right. Well, so much of like social interaction is no longer happening in bars and, you know, nightclubs and whatever, like in college too. I mean, obviously that's below millennials, but college parties are just like not what they once were because everybody's just now on their devices and finding ways to meet people differently. And the actual sex seems to be just not as priority as it once was. People are having sex by themselves. Which is nothing wrong with that. Um, but I will say it's so funny because you think about like, um, and I barely escaped the sort of like online dating right. situation. Thank God. <laughs> Got a few war wounds. Because I will say that if I saw my now husband on like a dating app, like I don't know that I would swipe or whatever the hell you do. I think I would just be like, I don't know. I'd be like, it's like, what is this job interview? And my point is that there's something to be said. There's a lot to be said for that personal chemistry that you only totally. get, like the pheromones, like the mannerisms, like all of those things but that make you point. fall yeah. in love with people. Yeah. You miss when you're just living online and you're, yeah. you know. Um, so that's got to be a huge part of it, right? That's definitely so a part of it. And then also just like financial reasons, a lot more millennials are living at home now with their parents. Oh. Because of the other recession generation. Right. Because of like the real recession. So it's not so sexy to like try to, you know, Netflix and chill and your mom is like emptying the dishwasher. True. (laughs) That's true. It's kind of a sad thing. That's okay, millennials. Like, don't feel bad if you're living with your folks. It's totally fine. Oh my God. Just totally fine. You just might not get any. (laughs) You might not get any, but it doesn't seem to be a priority. So it seems not to matter. That's so interesting. Yeah. But then the other part of it too, um, there was another segment they went on to talk about how like even uh, all of us, we're aging differently, right? We're living much longer lives. Yes. We're aging differently. So whatever your number, your age as a chronological number actually doesn't really have the same bearing that it once did depending on how you live your life and like the choices that you make in terms of exercise and diet and sleep and all of these things that we know so well to be the core of like longevity you could be 60 years old and actually have the physique of like a 45-year-old, a 48-year-old. And that also has an impact on your just overall mentality. Like how old do you feel? How old do I feel? Yes. Like you well, don't have to think, if you just think about your energy levels and sort of how you take care of yourself. And it's hard to separate the mental, emotional from the physical because I always feel like mentally and emotionally. Maybe not. Yeah, a little bit. I, I, I still feel like I'm like 19. Right. But physically... No, I feel older than that. Physically, I don't know. I'm 39. Like, I feel like I'm 39 because yeah. I don't have anything yeah. to compare it against. No, you it's know? true. It's true. But I will say that I've, I've noticed in the past like few years that I'm not, like, I definitely don't rebound in the same way that I have yes. in the past. Yes. Like, a hangover takes a lot longer to chase away. Right. Um, I feel, though, I feel in a lot of ways healthier than I did even like, five, six years ago, just because I'm taking care of myself differently. So I definitely feel like I'm sleeping better. I have better energy. I am past the age of 40, shall we say. But I feel like if I didn't have to think about... Like I feel physically the same that I did in my early 30s. Yeah. So I think I do, but no. See, I don't because I think I just... Well, you've had kids. I've had two children. So I feel like in the past year, I've really felt like, oh man, I just got hit by a fucking truck. Yeah. Like, literally, you know, yeah. that's, that was a tough one. morning because I wake up, I'm like, mm, am I 60 I'm yet? like, <laughs> time to like, I'm like the tin man there. But, you know, I guess I'll just take some more adaptogens. I don't know. You should see my medicine cabinet. It looks like a freaking, looks like CVS pharmacy. It, and it takes up an entire cabinet. It's insane the amount of supplements that I have. 
But look, I mean, I think the more information we have, the more these choices become available to everybody, the better it is because you just kind of do your research and be your guinea pig. It's what we always say, but I think there's some validity to that. Okay, well, let me tell you what makes... Let me tell you the key to longevity. Yeah. Okay, you heard it here first, folks. Sex. Well, bringing it back around. I'm trying to loop it back. Yep. Sex, sex, sex. It does so many amazing things. It does the body good. Um, It does a lot of good. I always try to have as much as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, so... But speaking of transitions. Speaking of transitions. Yeah, transitioning into life. I will be transitioning out of my 30s quite soon. Yes. And um, that's a little... You know, I actually don't really care. I don't care. I'm, 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 it's so it's, not as big a deal as it is. I know, I know. Like society has sort of suggested it should be. Especially because now I'm going to live till I'm 120. Totally. So, but yes, so I will be transitioning out of my 30s. The lovely ladies that we, that we sat down with and interviewed in the Almost 30 podcast called their podcast Almost 30 because they started it when they were almost 30. But now they are in their 30s. They are in their 30s. So, um, They've done a great job transitioning. Yeah. Well done, ladies. Well done. Yeah, we <laughs> sat down. It was uh, Lindsay Simsek and Krista Williams, who are the co-hosts of the Almost 30 podcast. And it was a great conversation. It was nice to have that kind of like, you know, microphone swap or whatever you want to call it and sort of just interview podcasters on our podcast. It's very meta, but it was cool to hear their story. There's certainly some similarities in terms of their like work wife. And I say that with a W, not an L. Their work wife balance. Yeah. Um, their, uh, their, their just experience in creating this. It's similar to us in that it's, it's a podcast that doesn't have like another a company attached to it. It's not like you know Nike doing a podcast or any brand you can think of or a media company. No, it's not an offshoot. It's, it's right. core. It is in itself their business and building it from like sitting inside their closets and recording every day until something actually stuck. They, they recorded every single recorded every day, day when they first started, which Bravo, I thought was crazy. <laughs> I mean, like I wish like crazy amazing. Yeah. 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 Cramazing. They touch on so many different topics, right? So there's like, you know, there's wellness guests. It's almost all guest format, although they are starting to do some personal stories. But, you know, it's a little bit of wellness. It's a little bit of food. It's a little bit of entrepreneurship. It's kind of a little bit of everything. And it's all speaking to transitioning in your life. Life's transitions. And that's kind of what we're doing. You're almost 40. Uh Uh-huh. I'm kind of 40. Right? Can I go with that? Yeah. 40 and how? You're 40 plus. <laughs> um, 40. I don't like 40 plus. That just makes it sound older. Uh, I, we're going to work on little. it. We're going to come up with like a, a, a nicer, uh, sexier way to say that. 40 extra long. That's what I am. <laughs> extra long. <laughs> that sounds gross somehow. But anyway, yeah, these guys, do, they, they do a nice job speaking to transitions just in general. And... You know, there's no matter what your age is, uh, you're, you know, we all are experiencing transitions all the time in life. So it's a great thing to focus on. Um, All right. So let's, shall we have a listen? listen? Yeah. So have you been cooking lately? No, I don't really like to cook. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That's not true. I like to cook. I just don't like the mess. Here's what happened. I have anxiety about the mess. The moment I start thinking about cooking. Mm, yes, that's very real. Do you have that? I understand it. I don't have it, but I understand I, why you have I'm it. I'm so surprised that I have this. Yeah. 
Um, I surprise myself sometimes. I think I was that kind of person. <laughs> but no, so I like to I like a little help on the cooking front. Uh, yeah, well, I think that Hungry Root actually is a great way to help that because it's all they do all of the work for you, and it's these amazing, delicious, plant-centric uh, meals that come straight to you. Yes, they do all of the work. I mean, they're prepping your vegetables, they're making the sauces for you, and they're basically sending you everything so that all you need to do is throw it on the stove. And in some cases, you don't even need to throw it on the stove and you have a meal in less than 10 minutes. And it's delicious. It is delicious. My favorite thing about uh, one of their options is like, I love cauliflower fried rice, but I hate making it because to your point about the mess, it makes like an explosion in the Cuisinart or whatever food processor you're using. So um, I recently did their spinach artichoke cauliflower risotto and it was delicious and there was literally no mess because the cauliflower was already riced for me. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it was tasty. I I have to say I like their I, I like all of their stuff, but my favorite is the sweet line that they have. Yes. Their desserts are like the bomb. You know, I don't even have like a sweet tooth in particular. I like savory and sweet, but they have these amazing desserts that are like black bean brownie batter that mm-hmm. you can't even you could cook it or you like you could bake it like a cookie or a brownie or you could just eat it raw straight out the tub, straight out the tub. No, it's so, so damn good I know and it's nice because you know there's black beans at the root of the brownie batter there's chickpeas at the base of the cookie dough so you're actually getting some fiber it's much lower in sugar and it's Right, nice. and the protein from that is also going to like curb the sugar, the crazy spike that totally. you would otherwise get. So good job, Hungry Root. Good on Hungry Root. Yeah, they've got, I mean, it's all plant-centric, but there's something for everybody, whether it's vegan or gluten-free or nut-free or omnivore. They're actually introducing some really great protein supplements, um, which is nice because there's really something for everybody. Yeah, they're not going to put you in a box. <laughs> they're just going to put their food in a box and they're going to deliver it to you. And it's tasty. Um, so the good news is that our listeners can go to hungryroot.com slash HTW and they can get $25 off their first two orders. Two. That's pretty sweet. That's yeah. nice. That's generous. That's a good deal. That's kind. Yeah. I would say go check it out. Hungryroot.com slash HTW. Thank you guys for joining us. Oh, of course. Um, of course. We'll record the proper intro later. So we yeah. don't waste time doing that. But um, when's the last time you guys got interviewed on another podcast? I like this whole like microphone swap thing. Yeah. Uh, last week? Yeah. Yeah. It's it, We love... I love talking to other podcasters and it's just... It's a different... It's just different for us because we're yeah. used to like, answer, asking the questions. So it's it's fun and it reminds us, you know, just kind of why we do this. And yeah, we love doing it. Yeah. All right. Well, then maybe we should just have the first question be, why do you do this? Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Live at this lovely medium. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Lindsay and I met when I was auditioning for Soul Cycle. So you guys have probably taken Soul many a times, but I became obsessed with it and I wanted to become an instructor. And although I didn't get it, I tried both times. I was connected with Lindsay and we were just having these really beautiful, uh, meaningful, deep conversations about all the transitions we had been going through in our 20s. So I was moving a bunch of cities. I had been in a long-term relationship and gotten to another one um, with my body. You know, There's just a lot happening. Lindsay had her own things with relationships and family and career. And um, we knew we couldn't be the only ones. So we wanted to bring the conversations to to the world and to the microphone. Um, but for me, I found podcasting a lot for 
having a blog and feeling like there was still something missing. So I had a blog. I still have a blog called 100 Blog, which is great and fun. But I never felt like it was it for me. And I always felt like there was a piece missing. So I like to take photos, but it's not really you know my passion or... I knew that there was something more. So podcasting has completely fulfilled that for me. You know, conversations with people and learning from people is really, you know, one of the greatest gifts I could ever have in my life and allows me to continue to grow and evolve each day. And um, that's how I, you know, fell in love with it completely. Were you guys yeah. ask listeners before, like, I mean, did it was it like let's do something? Oh, let's do a podcast, or was it like mm-hmm. definitely let's do a podcast? Yeah, I think it was. Let's do a podcast. I've listened for a long time, probably f- what a year we've been doing it for two and a half, probably six years. Like Rich Roll, when he first started, I was listening to him, Tim Ferriss, a long time ago. And yeah, I just was in love with it. I loved that it allowed me to continuously feed my desire to like, re- like receive and learn from content. And I was on the subway all the time in New York City. And I'd be walking all the time in New York City. So I just was obsessed with the fact that I could learn on the go. You know, it kind of like feeded a incessant desire for growth by listening to podcasts. So when I met her, I knew that's what I wanted to do. I've always been a little scared to be on camera and be in front of the camera. So I've never wanted to do like a YouTube thing personally. So podcasting was like perfect for, you know, what I thought we were going to do. Definitely takes the pressure off. I mean, For good sure. people could see us right now. <laughs> I know. That's exactly it. It's too hard on myself. And Lindsay, what was your sort of journey to this moment when you met, when you connected with Krista? Yeah. So I had already moved out to LA. I was living in Manhattan for 5 years. I was teaching SoulCycle for only you know, 3 months before they asked me to move out to LA. And prior to SoulCycle, I was bartending three different bars all over New York City, you know, sparklers, bottle girl, bartender, you name it, I was it. And um, I was fit modeling. I was doing a lot of odd jobs during the day and night in order to be able to audition for theater, TV, commercials and all of that. And what I just found that, you know, all of those side gigs were really draining me of a lot of precious energy and time that I could be dedicating to things that I really truly loved. Granted, SoulCycle was something that came into my life and gave me... It took a lot of energy, but it also gave me a lot of energy and inspiration and and just kind of up-leveled my sense of self and my appreciation for my body. And so, you know, when I came out to LA, you know, LA is just a place where you can easily at your fingertips right outside your door are so many places to eat really nourishing food you know services like hikes you're right near the ocean which is so healing so i just felt so taken care of and then when i felt chris or when i felt krista i feel her when i met krista <laughs> when i met when i met krista we just started having conversations that i hadn't had with friends you know just deep deep yeah. conversations and so I just felt like it was different. And then, you know, when we started hanging out more very shortly after we met, she's like, Do you think we could start a podcast? And I was like, I don't know. I have no idea, but like, I'm so down. I had, you know, a little bit of experience in like producing production, like very little, but I was like, Well, I have a recorder and we can, you know, record in a closet because that has great acoustics. Yeah. And so we just started doing that. And, 
you know, it was the first thing in a while where I was showing up. We were showing up consistently every week, multiple times a week. No question, no forcing, no discomfort. It was a blast. How many times a week? Five. Yeah. I mean, almost every day. Almost every day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. And we were, you know, at the time, and I'll let Krista take over because she was in between jobs. I had just moved into a house with friends and was kind of in transition in terms of my place here in LA. And so this was really like a rock for the both of us, something that we could focus on and cultivate. And it was just so right. That's why it happens so quickly and naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had quit my job, my full-time job when I moved because it wasn't a fit anymore. And so I was in between jobs. I was like, you know, job searching. But then we started recording together for like seven months before, you know, we ended up putting out an episode. So we have tons of like unheard footage, but it was really figuring out our cadence together, figuring out, you know, what we were going to talk about and just kind of like fine tuning what the show would be, you know, over those, over that time. So how did it evolve from, you know, in terms of the, the subject matter from when you first started to where you are now? Oh, man. <laughs> it's Leaps definitely evolved. Leaps and bounds. <laughs> yeah. It started out as just a conversation between Krista and I about the tra- it was centered around the transition from our 20s to our 30s. So we were we had segments. We were mm-hmm. like had a segment called Shit We Learned and like, you know, all, all of this stuff. And and it was really fun. And it just helped us to suss out like, oh wow, like, you know, one people love these stories and they're relating to them. So we can't be alone in the fact that like we're going through this type of transition. But then after a while, after a little while, we just realized like, okay, so a community's forming, like they're listening. And this must be so much more than us. So we we wanted to, you know, just be stewards of of information that could hopefully, you know, make everyone laugh still and inspire them and just make them feel like they're not alone. So, you know, it went from just us to bringing on guests. And we started out with friends who we were, you know, at who we admire for the work that they're doing, whether they're a nutritionist or you know a person in this fitness world. So we we just started to work that muscle of of interviewing and really digging deep and and yeah, and here we are, yeah. <laughs> years later. Yeah, and we just really want to be as like forward as we can with our content. You know, kind of going there whenever we can, even if it's uncomfortable for she and I. And back in the day, like when we first started, it was so much more surface and like goofy and funny and really light. And it's still... We like to try and keep it really light. But we want to be unafraid to talk about topics that people might not be talking about. Totally. I mean, I think we're coming at it from a similar point of view, which is... I mean, we're you know pretty specifically wellness and business. But obviously, there's kind of a lifestyle element that comes into that. And you guys have your kind of very you know broad... You have your pillars, right? And it's female empowerment and it's entrepreneurship. And but I actually think it's interesting. Like these are topics where people feel, especially, I mean, I think especially women, there's that theme, even like in Michelle Obama's book, like, am I enough? Am I alone? Am I the only one going through this? So I feel like it's, it's interesting that we ha- we've all had these instincts of like, how do we shed light on stuff and take away this big factor on whatever the topic is? For us, like, you know, we want to talk to women about like menopause and aging healthily. And, you know, we had a whole episode on poop and, it's like we need to just everybody's having the same instinct of like let's just kind of make this an you know a welcome forum and everybody feel comfortable talking about this stuff because what is the point otherwise? Mm, absolutely. Yeah, we're all human, you know, Naomi and I completely 
see what you're saying. And there's such a beautiful response, you know, when you're when you're doing that. And I'm sure you guys have experienced that too. Like when you are unafraid to talk about poop or something like that, it's like people are like can come to you and they feel like they trust you because you're unafraid to share things that everyone experiences. So what has been like your greatest takeaway so far? So what have you learned that's really stuck with you? I mean, you've got some mm-hmm. had some really good conversations, some really yeah, I guess you could say like, what have you learned from guests? And also what have you learned in business in general? Yeah. yeah. I think from guests, what I've learned is, you know, we have... And I, you guys can probably relate to you, to the people that you've had on. Every single time we talk to someone, they say something different. So you really are in charge of being your own healer, being your own therapist, being your own guide, being your own um, boss, being your own boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever the you are in the relationship, it really all starts with you and you have all the answers. So we'll have someone on in the health and wellness space that will say that being keto is the best diet for you know you if you want to do X, Y, and Z. And then we'll have someone that says the exact opposite on a week after. You know, we just want to provide the information from a non-judgmental perspective, but really it all comes down to what fits best for you in your life. So I've really just come to terms with hopefully turning in and finding the answers inside. And I know that's corny and it's hard to do. But with the inundation of information that people have, you really have to just do what's best for you. Um, And then as far as like from a business perspective, I really never believed that or I never had any examples in my life that showed me that I could make money doing what I love. So to now see that, to now see that we can make this a business, we can support other women who work for us in what they do, and we can be smart about where we're spending our money um, or investing our time and create something that's really beautiful and impactful and meaningful that fulfills us from you know the inside out has just been the most beautiful blessing you know in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really nice. And I think for me, from our guests. And most of them, if not all, there's a part of their story that really exemplifies this fearlessness in what they believe or in what they want to do or, you know, give to the world. And, you know, I, along with I'm sure everyone, um, just I battle with like these thoughts of fear, you know, just like I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, or I can't do that because no one's ever done it like that before, or no one I know has ever done that before. So, a lot of our guests are paving the way and change makers. And so I'm just constantly inspired. They are expanders for me in every aspect of my life. So that is definitely a common theme. They are not, they're unafraid to say how they feel. And it comes from a place of groundedness and compassion and love, which I respect so much. And then just in terms of like personal growth within the business, I think. I held on so tightly to this idea that I was going to be X. So for me, like my whole childhood and into early adult life was like, I'm going to be an actress, right? Like I am going to be that and this is how I'm going to get there. And a lot of moments along the way told me that it was going to be different, but I wasn't willing to listen. So this this experience for me has been, you know, has really shown me that I am capable of so much more. And that if I just allow and open up and almost in a way surrender to what's happening before me and like what's un- unfolding, then it's going to turn out 
so much better than I could ever plan. Like our, my little brain cannot imagine what is happening. You know, like so I think like if I have these goals or these visions, like it's almost limiting. So I've really learned to let go of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's kind of like it's a yeah. metaphor. Your your podcast is a metaphor for your life in that way. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's interesting what you said about how you've seen in your guests this this like level of comfort and in being vulnerable and fearless. But I also feel like having obviously spent, you know, time listening to you guys and do your podcast, like you guys do that. So I feel like you've laid the groundwork and you've made it kind of this, like you guys are both very vulnerable when you speak, which I completely appreciate and applaud. And so I think that that kind of sets the tone for your guests and they come on and they're like, okay, these girls are being super real. So we kind of owe it to them to be equally real. And so, you know, congratulations. Yeah. For and we trick them. We just get them comfortable and cozy <laughs> and then we trick them into sharing stuff. <laughs> no, yeah, that's... I mean, that's... It's hard to be anything but ourselves, to be completely honest. Yeah. So yeah. we've... Sure we've found... Video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put out this video, they'll really see the real life. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> so we were talking before about how, like, just as a culture right now, everyone has their... You know, no one's wearing one hat, right? Like it used to be our parents and they did like either this industry or this industry or they had this skill or this skill and you had learned this trade or you did it. And so it's just such a funny time we're listening and we're living in now where, where we all have so many different lanes that we can play in, you know, from this very sharing community and, you know, all of our side hustles. And so I was just, you know, kind of thinking of like the conversations that we have with our parents to kind of like reassure them that this is actually quite normal for 2018 or 2019 mm-hmm. to sort of pursue all of these things at the same time and and see which one, as you said, kind of like reveals itself in the most authentic way. And then you go after that and how much anxiety that must give our, our parents. Right. <laughs> so like, our parents are the ones who are like, oh, I graduated from college and now this yeah. is my job and this right. is my only job ever. I mean, it, it's probably not like that dissimilar on uh, in terms of like comfort level, like than telling your parents I want to be an actor, right? It's probably equally like, or I want to start a juice company, or like no, my I'm parents just, were like, "You're doing what?" Yeah, I'm just like, I'm going to help for like <laughs> it's going to charge them a lot of money. But yeah, so it's just so funny, like the culture that we're living in now, and I'm just wondering how, you know, how do you guys deal with that? And and have you had any of those types of conversations with your parents where you're just like, trust me, just trust me, I know, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Yeah, I think for me, I don't, I have never cared what my parents thought of me, which seems right. cold to be completely honest. Because, no, okay. you know, I actually am jealous of people that do care what their parents think of them. But from a young age, I was always kind of a rebel that was getting in trouble a lot, that was like always doing my own thing. I never felt understood. So it wasn't like something that was different for me to feel, to feel misunderstood in this case. Right. And, you know, I was working in the corporate world for a really long time. And now my mom and dad, once I've been validated by everyone else, they're like really proud of me. And they're really like, oh, cool. Like we see what you're doing and it's amazing. But it because I feel so confidently in what we're doing and I, I feel so confidently in the structure of our business, it's almost a really good feeling that I don't feel like I need... Like whenever anyone's like, what do you do? I'm like, I just say what I do. And I really could give two two shits if they see what I'm doing because I know that there are so many people that see what we're doing and get it and I get it. And it's like, it just doesn't impact me at all. But there is such a different shift between you know my my parents having 
believing I should be an engineer because it makes sense. It fits in a box. And then having this digital age where people have careers where they make money on Instagram or they make money doing all of these little things, having an Etsy shop. So there's been such a shift that I'm sure it's really hard for most parents to understand yeah. in the digital yeah. age how their parents, how people are making money. Right. And and you know, and not even specifically your parents because I'm of course. Really yeah. Either, but I'm just just this sort of like older generation. Right. Totally. Um, yeah. How you have it's... conversations with older people when they're mm-hmm. like, what do you do? And it's yeah. just, it's very confusing to explain to them and I think like it's just that it's kind of like knowing that it's going to be confusing for them to grasp and not and managing your expectations of like how they're going to react. Like Mm -hmm. going home for the holidays, perfect example, I'm sure for everyone. You know, it's like there's going to be things that you, questions you are going to be asked by your grandmother, your aunts, uncles, whatever that you know you're going to be asked. And you, you know that like the reaction is either going to be like, hmm. Okay, or they, you know, they don't know a follow up question or they don't understand. And just like Krista said, I think for me, what's really helped is one, like having success obviously helps, but just knowing like so deeply in your heart that like this is right, you mm-hmm. know, and like thinking about their life. Like <laughs> I yeah. go deep when I really have to manage my expectations because I'm like, okay, so, you know, my grandmother, you know, grew up during the depression. <laughs> like we really have to like figure out like they grew up during this time that is so different. Like there were no there were no opportunities like these, especially for women. Like she's wondering, she's like, so have you met anyone? And I'm like, hold up. Like let me tell you what I have done and like I'll meet him up there. Don't worry. You know what I mean? Like there's just the priorities are different. The expectations are different. So I just send them love and I just am so confident in what we're doing that it doesn't It does really take patience matter. though. Yeah, it takes patience. It takes so much patience. You know? repeating of the phrase. Yes. It's like a radio show. That's what I say. Exactly. You said it, honey. I'm like, it's a radio show. And then oftentimes I'll just say how we make money. I'm like, this is how we make money because that's the question that people want to know the most. They're confused of how you make money from something. And I've experienced that with blogging. People will be like, how do you make money? So if once you explain how you're making money, it's easier for people to understand like how it's your life. Do you know what I mean? Right. You're like, like, I'm just going to cut to the chase. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Keep your top on, totally. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Um, So when was the actual moment that you... I mean, I know obviously just based on what you've just said, like you felt that it was kind of gathering, you know, gathering steam, but what was the process of actually making the leap for you guys? Mm -hmm. Like, what was was there a day that you were like, okay, today's the day I'm quitting my job, Krista? Or like, like was there kind of a moment, or did, was it sort of a gradual transition? Yeah, for me, so I was working my full time job for the first two years that you know we were doing things, and um, I mean that was so stressful just because I was like lying all the time. To be completely honest, you know, we would interview during the day. I would be on a conference call driving to her house. We'd be doing an interview. I'd be at lunch. And then, you know, I'd have to get on emails. It was just a lot of back and forth and a lot of like just doing some stuff and being really unhappy in it. So I remember there just came a point where we were making, I remember we made in one like hour as much as I was making in two weeks. And I was like, okay, like I can, I'm kind of understanding the time value equation now. And I'm kind of understanding it in a different way where I can make money so much more quickly doing what I love and living a life that's aligned rather than spending 40 hours a week 
doing this job that like I'm not myself at, I'm not comfortable at, you know, I'm not really enjoying. Although it wasn't that miserable, but you know, for me, I'm so dramatic. I'm like, this is so crushing. It was hard. Yeah, it was hard. So I quit my job. Um, and that was it was just go from there. You know, I've never looked back, I've never once regretted it. And um, we just stay so busy. But yeah, that was a huge moment. And that was really just like a moment for or more of a nod for me that I can that we can make this a business and that this is the real deal and that this is going to sustain and support us for the rest of you know our lives. <laughs> <laughs> and I think yeah, I mean Krista paved the way in terms of you know going full time and I was teaching Soul Cycle full time up until June, so she quit in June and then I went part time with Soul Cycle. And you know, for me, that was a side gig that inspired me, you know, like I really enjoyed the physicality of it, the performance aspect of it, the community connections. aspect connections. We you know, connections. yeah, we it was it brought us together and then we would ride on tour and then I mean the people that we meet and who are interested in the podcast, sponsors, guests, representation, like it's it's crazy. So like reason season. Like it was so purposeful. I love Soul Cycle and um, but it, I just got to the point where like I was needing more energy for other things that I wanted to do. Podcast, writing, taking care of myself. Like I really hadn't taken the time to go full in on like self quote unquote self care. Not to like over say that that phrase, but it's true. Like if if I'm gonna if I'm gonna go all in with a business, you know, I need to make sure like I am good mentally and physically and emotionally. So soul cycle, soul cycle, I was leaving. They said no. <laughs> and then, you know, I asked for more money because I thought that's what you do. And and they gave it to me. And yeah. I told her that too. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wow, okay, cool. So for a few months I did that, but then I just kept getting the message like it's time. Like this is not about the money. Like you're gonna make more money than what you think you need to hold on to at Soul Cycle. And that was the thing. I was holding on to it out of fear. You know, out of the fear that like I would get fat, I would not make as much money. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just all these like weird things. And not weird, that's totally legitimate. Yeah, and I can and I can go back and ride now, and it feels so good. I just did the other day, and I'm like, oh wow, this is so so fun and mm-hmm. so different. So, yeah, as of December 16th, I went full time. Congrats. So was, yeah. God, and who knew? Well, I didn't know. Maybe others. <laughs> <laughs> you had to audition for Soul Cycle. I know. Oh, honey, it's a process. Oh, yeah. Coming from someone that's failed two auditions, it's a process. Mm-hmm. You have like, to like fill out this like paperwork, which is like all about you, why you want to do Soul, da 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 da. And then they review it, and then you get invited to audition, and then you audition. So you have to like perform a cert- these two songs on the bike. And then you get called back to another interview, and then no, no that's basically it. Yeah. But it's it's an intense, and it's changed. It's changed what they're looking for depending on the market. It's very strategic. Maybe. I don't I don't understand what they're looking for anymore because it's just so different than when I auditioned. But yeah, yeah they're just growing so rapidly. But yeah, the audition process is intense. But I was used to that with like auditioning yeah, all true. the time. But. Well, I went through two rounds of auditions for the Rockettes before I failed. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! <laughs> Wait, you failed this up to the second. Well, let's put it this way: I am not a Rockette, nor have oh I ever honey. been. So I oh my gosh! I have friends so who I have tall enough to be the middle girl. But I am sure the Rockettes is intense. 
they were not looking for the middle girl. They were looking for the end girl, but they don't tell you that when you come in. Do you know Michael Susco? Oh, he was like the choreographer for the Rockettes for a while. I didn't know if he did the audition stuff. It's okay. No, he's been, he, no, no, he's, he's been doing it forever. Team team double failures. (laughs) Double failures. (laughs) Well, okay. So let's talk a little bit about how, I guess, how you guys are monetizing this, right? I mean, we're focusing more on the business piece of Mm -hmm. it. So it's so interesting to me, all the different spokes of this podcast wheel and the many different ways that you can engage with your audience and Mm -hmm. actually make money, which is fascinating. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of people do tours and read books and have these sort of activations. So how are you guys, what does it look like when you go on tour, for example? You know, our monetization monetization started when we realized that we had a following. So we really focused on, you know, growing our listeners and really getting a backing behind selling any promotion to anyone. And then we started with podcast advertisements and then those have grown since our relationships with our sponsors have grown. And then for tour, you would monetize through like a tour sponsorship with a brand. So a brand would sponsor a tour to get their product in the hands of the right people, to be associated with the content, to be associated with, you know, almost 30 as an entity. And then you could, you know, get paid via ticket sales. But for us, that's not really, you know, as fruitful because we want to keep the tickets attainable and affordable, you know, for the for the women to attend our events. And then, you know, a lot of people do merchandise. We we don't really do merchandise. And then you could do affiliates. So um, there is money to be made via affiliate links. So using affiliate links on your website for things like IIN or with your par- partners and sponsors. Mm-hmm. And then um well just from our experience, so we just launched um, oh, yeah. your podcast pro. Yeah, on social, I think like the main like goal, just to reiterate what Chris said, is the growth. You know, in the first couple years, because once brands see you have a following, I mean that is enticing both email list and social following. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. So, and then when you guys go on tour, so if I go and see you on tour. I'm like such rock stars. I know. Do you like, like roadies? We'll be in New York in the fall. We'll see you. For <laughs> everyone's like inner mm-hmm. desire. Well, I just want to be able to say like, "Yeah, I'm going on tour." tour. I, know, I know. It is fun. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's actually crazy. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> what are you guys? What are you talking about on tour? So last year on tour, we had like 15 stops, and in each of the cities, we just made sure to cultivate the content to the city we were in. So if we're going to be in LA, the content's going to be a little bit more advanced or woo-woo in the spiritual sense because that community has been socialized around a lot of that content before. But if we're in Boston, you know, we're going to be talking about something that's different. So we talked about body image. We did meditations. We did um, sound baths. We did workshops. We had guests on like Susie Batiz of Poopery. And then this year for the 2019 tour, we're going to evolve that content to bring in white privilege. Um, We'll be doing more Reiki healings with people like Milana Snow. Um, And we just really want to expand our guest roster for the events and for the sessions so that we have great speakers on and great content that is 2019, almost 30 and evolved as we have. So really the content changes for uh, for each stop and we haven't really kept it the same just because it wouldn't be interesting to us. And it's really hard to keep the same content across the country or the world. Yeah. 
Have you guys made like new friendships, like like real friends, not just people that love you and are part of your community, but have uh, you met people that you're now like socially connected with? Oh yeah, in every city, it's it's kind of crazy when we um, have our events and we get there. We make sure to you know give a hug to every single person that walks through the door, and it's it's weird because and now it's not weird, but. In the beginning, it was like, oh my God, I feel like we know you guys. Like it really felt so familiar. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, we attribute that to us just being super real on the podcast and ourselves. And then they meet us in person and it's the same thing because I don't know how to be anything else. But so, yes, we've, we've nurtured relationships with them. They are starting businesses because of, you know, guests we've had on the podcast. In Vancouver, we had like, Three different girls come up to us. They one started a natural deodorant company, Nala, and then another started this beautiful journal calendar type type business that you know she was inspired by someone on the podcast in our conversation. So, you know, we wanna we wanna promote them and support them. And then we've become very close with a lot of our guests. You know, they really support us in more ways than one. So, you know, we'll Happy to bring them on tour, you know, if if they're willing to. So we did that with Brie Melanson in Vancouver. We did that with Milana Snow in New York. We did that with um, Natalie Miles in Seattle. Yeah, it's just it's just so much better together, you know. Yeah, I would say we've had. I mean, on a different scale, obviously, but even people like I had a holiday party, and one of my friends that was there had never met Zoe, and he was like. I feel like I know her. She's right over there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that, that, that is a funny, funny aspect. And so, because no one likes success story, you guys. What happened? <laughs> that's true. What, that's are, true. what are some of the challenges? What are the what have, what what was the biggest challenge, or what were or like the biggest kind of oh shit moment? Mm, man. Yeah. Every, I think challenges that we've had have really been like, or for me, I'm very like an internal person. So a lot of it's like my internal conversations and like any anxiety I have around um, how I'm showing up and like feedback that we get. So when you are public and you guys know, like you're going to get feedback. So um, people are going to say X, Y, and Z about you or about your content or about your guest or about what you're doing. And when what you're doing is something that you love and something you're so passionate about, and it's me, it's right. not like I have a business that I'm selling t-shirts and you don't like my fucking t-shirt. It's me. Like You don't like me. You know what I mean? So having to kind of filter feedback and having to figure out what to take, what to not take, and not take it personally when appropriate is really hard. And I um, have realized that I am more of a. I care more about what people think about me than I thought. You know, I, I, you wouldn't think that I would care as much because I'm so vulnerable and honest, but I do care. Um, so I had to figure out like a process for me that makes sense, and it's really not reading any feedback, mm-hmm. even if it's positive. You know, every once in a while I'll read something and I make sure to just stay in touch if I'm getting a DM or I'll be really thoughtful about my responses to people. But I just want to make sure that I'm being my complete self, and I don't want to either build my ego up, you know, with some information, or break myself down with any negative information. So I just try and like play the mental game of like kind of staying focused on what we're doing, or else I was getting you know really upset, and I was just getting really emotional and really distracted by the information. And it's only it's only going to increase. So 
that kind of feedback really, really got to me for like a period in time, you know, when we were working together. Haters gonna hate. Yeah. Haters gonna hate, honestly. <laughs> Can't please everyone. Yeah, truly. Yeah, that's been a big lesson. And I think for me too, like just the the comparison game. So whether it's comparing our podcast to another podcast or it's comparing myself to someone else, it's it can be a really uh, hot, fiery internal conversation that never, ever, ever serves me. And yeah, like what Krista said, it's it's this game of just staying focused. Like what is important and what is real? You know what I mean? Like yeah. a compa- the comparison game for me is like not really based in reality. If I kind of peel back the layers, I'm like, oh, we are completely different people and we're doing completely different things or we have completely different messages or... You know, we are in essence two completely different human beings, and there's space for everyone. And everyone's learning at a different rate. Rate being really kind to myself about like the rate at which I learn, which is slow as fuck. You know what I mean? It's so slow, uh, and that's just the way. It, that's just the way it is. You know what I mean? And I will try my best to be, you know, as quick as possible. But I just know I learn from mistakes, unfortunately. You know. Well, I think you both, I mean, you're both saying essentially something similar. And I, I feel like it's so valid here. It's like when the business that you are in is being yourself, and then everybody is always kind of, you know, the first reaction people have is like, oh, don't take anything personally. It's like, how do you not take it personally when it is yourself? Literally. I have the greatest spirit of anyone here because I don't even post on social media. I can't even dip my toe in it because that's how like uncomfortable. Mm. Stay out. Yes, stay out. It's not even worth it. It's it's gonna disintegrate. It's boring. Creeper. And so I'm. I'm, (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I just peep and I and I observe because obviously I have to at least have a small grasp of how it works and see what other people are up to. But oof. Yeah, man, I see it. I see how that could be just so soul destroying, and just the time that it takes is crazy. Like, I really have learned to take my hat off to like those who are making social media their their main gig because it truly is. I mean, you have to spend a lot of time doing it. Yes, I know. I don't know how people. Some people do it, like the younger people, or like the people in like YouTube or something like that that have millions of followers and see you know, the nastiest, most vile comments every single day, like Tess Holiday, who is, you know, a plus size model that we admire and, you know, we'll have on the podcast in 2019. The some of the comments that I see on her posts, which are beautiful and stunning and captivating, are the most disgusting comments you could ever see in your life. And I don't know how I would continue to go on. You know, when you see stuff like that, it's terrible. But so yeah, I mean, I know exactly what you mean. And I think that is like a conversation we're having right now in like the digital age where we are. Yeah. I just feel like there's like, there's some kind of like inner wisdom that is just like, don't do it. No, <laughs> I think you're like, right. I love that. Like wait it out. It's just not, don't have the FOMO. Don't let it overwhelm. And just like, I almost, I almost convinced myself. I was like, okay, for 20, for 2019, for my resolution, I'm going to do things that make me feel more we have this conversation. vulnerable. Like take me out of my comfort zone. Right. And we were drinking martinis at the time. That's right. And so I was <laughs> So I was like, let me move toward that thing that's making me feel sort of exposed and uncomfortable. And I was like, well, for me, that's really social media. And I was like, okay, let me let that will be the thing. How's it going? <laughs> I still haven't convinced Yeah, me. honestly. Do you have an account? What's that? I have an account. Yeah, she doesn't post anything. But I don't post. I just watch. 
I mean, why though? You know, if you're feeling like you got to post because other people post, then yeah, I know. Well, but but back to you're lucky. I was like, oh, okay. Well, like Blueprint, we had a product, we were selling it. it. Was like, okay, that's one thing. But now it's like, okay, well, if you're po- if you're you are the product. If your product is a podcast, then you are the product. And so, therefore, I probably need to participate more personally in the growth of this podcast. So it is kind of a complicated, you yeah. know, it's a it's a little bit of tug and war in my head. Hundred percent. It's a mind game. I completely yes. know how you feel. Yeah. Anyway, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, keep me posted. <laughs> I need to find. I would say we should say it, but then people will probably follow you. But I want to try and find you and just keep tabs if you're posting. <laughs> <I know. laughs> okay. As a gentle list. nudge. One question I had for you guys, uh, and I know we need to probably wrap up soon. Yeah. But how has your because we're obviously in the same boat in terms of you know female friends working together and. Similar to you guys, like we have our own friends and then we also have our, our relationship. And we actually, I mean, we said from the beginning, like since we met in 2001, it's not, we're not working with our best friend. We're working with a good friend, which is very different because it's like, you know, you're on a different sort of ring in the orbit. But how has your relationship sort of evolved over this process? And how's your, how's your like friendship slash business relationship kind of ebb and flow and divide? Mm. Yeah, it's funny for us. We started the business very soon after becoming friends. So we've gotten to know each other through this process, which I haven't experienced before. But I mean, I thank God every day that Krista's, you know, my partner in this. You know, it's it wouldn't work with just anyone, you know? And and so we kind of I wouldn't say we kind of fill in each other's weaknesses, but I, I it kind of works like that a little bit, you know, business wise. It's worked so perfectly where she really, really kicks ass. I struggle and kind of don't know what to do. And then on the flip side, you know what happens? So um, that's been beautiful. But then, you know, just really committing to each other, um, recommitting to each other in the way of just being honest and open and communicative and loving and making sure that we are tending to our friendship outside of the business is really important or we found to be really important because sometimes we look up some days and we're like, Hey, how are you? Mm-hmm. Like, what's up? What's going on? Who are you dating? Like, you know what I mean? Like there's... <laughs> it's yeah. it's crazy how much the business can just take over. So we've, we're committing to that. Yeah. yeah. It's almost good that we didn't know each other for a long time so Agreed. that... We didn't have like ideas of who we were or like a preconceived notion of our relationship or anything like that. It was like mm-hmm. we could build it from a point and almost like it wasn't, you know, we had the business the whole time. So it was like the whole time with our friendship, we're creating and we're doing and we're having all these things. So it wasn't like I felt like, oh, we're not talking about X, Y, and Z anymore because we never had that as mm-hmm. much. So, yes. you know, we've always been like best friends and business partners throughout the whole process that we've been doing it. But I would say, you know, for people that are interested in going this, it is you need it is really challenging. Like there are hard conversations that we have every day and we agree on every single thing pretty much that we ever do, but it's with money, it's with your career, it's with very personal topics that are made public, it's with every aspect of, you know, 40 hours of the week or more. So it's just a very serious thing to be in a relationship with someone as a friend, period, and then to add business money and your passion onto that, it's, it's, you have to be very careful about it or someone would have to be very careful about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's lightning in a bottle in that way. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I'm sure you guys, you know, you guys have, especially knowing each other for so long and building something so amazing and then doing this, there's probably been 
you know, iterations of your friendship or just like things that you've known and grown through the years. Yeah, we actually renew our vows with every business that we. Should. <laughs> oh God, love I love that. that. It's a good one. <laughs> we should do that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I promise to love and support you. <laughs> Sick as yeah. Yes. I yeah. love that. It's a good one. That's so. I think there's a lot of similarity there for sure. Hundred mm-hmm. um, percent, That's a that's a very rare thing that you have. Yeah, it is. Oh yeah, we're yeah. very thankful. It is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, that's the thing is people always want like dirt. And I'm like, I don't, we don't have any, mm. you know, maybe we will <laughs> when we're like old. It'd be fun to write some shit and yeah. like send it. If we get to that point we where we make send it into page six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not really friends. <laughs> you mean you're just going to like plant something. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That'd be fun just yeah. to mix it up. All press is good press, right? <laughs> <laughs> So fantasy dinner party, mm. who's coming, what are you eating, what are you drinking, and and who's getting shit talked on the podcast the next day. It's <laughs> mm, a good one. <laughs> fantasy dinner, we're eating plant-based, my B, plant-based ear one. Actually, I could just do straight up ear one. Yeah. Moon juice crisps, <laughs> which I love. Moon juice makes these bomb the crisps. Green got a smoothie from ear one. Wait, you're having a smoothie for dinner? It's part of it. It's a drink. Okay. It's a beverage in addition. And then call it out. Yeah. And then no I, just want dessert. I just want treats. Maybe a salad and treat. I like, I'm a treat girl. What would you <laughs> Who's there? Who's there? Elon Musk. <laughs> Easter Egg. Uh, Donald Glover. I need some or Maybe like... I could just have all my friends and not people that I don't know. Totally. You know what I mean? Like, might as well just like make it my friends. Because <laughs> if it's people I don't know, like, I don't know if they're actually going to talk to me. So, you know, it's <laughs> totally. not like guaranteed that we're going to be friends. So sure. it might be like... Um, the most awkward dinner party ever. Exactly. <laughs> Could they be dead or alive? Yes. Yeah. Oh, good oh. one. Who do you got? Ben Franklin? Yeah, truly. <laughs> Big old Ben at the head of the table. Uh, I would love to like have my... Both of my grandfathers, one I haven't met, one I was very close to, just to like have them at the same table. And then like, I definitely want to talk to Michael Jackson, see what's up. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, the real, real. Yeah. They're going. I'm sure there's some like YouTube stars that, you know, <laughs> would want to come. I always, I just always think it's so insane. Like, you know, we see them as this big personality. So it'd be interesting to kind of like get them in a, personal setting. A YouTube star with over 9 million views or something like that? Yeah, yes. exactly. Uh, Ricky Thompson. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ricky Thompson. Follow him on Instagram. So good. Yeah, I just... Something fun. I want to laugh. Like, we just love laughing. Yeah, that's you know? true. It's like, I want to eat. want to laugh. Eating-wise, yeah. Something like warm. Bowl. Like healthy, a warm bowl. Healthy. Yeah. <laughs> healthy, but like bad. Maybe there's a side that's bad. Yeah. Um, like a... <laughs> Vegan mac and cheese. What? Yeah. Two oh, potato girl. fries. You're uh, crazy. So crazy. So crazy. <laughs> um, maybe a nice glass of wine. Mm. You know, who knows? Uh, but yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah. Sounds lovely. So fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that was I fun. It's time for your family. So fun. Over here, Oscar. I know. I'm like, <laughs> my children just walked in the door. That might be my cue. <laughs> oh, they did. Hey kids. Yeah. Hey guys. <laughs> That's, yeah. So That's amazing. Sweet. Thank you guys so much for being yeah, you so guys are awesome. Awesome. It was so great to talk to y'all. Thank you, you too. I know. Thanks for listening to HTW. 
If you like what you hear, please subscribe and make sure and rate us on iTunes. You can even give us five whole stars if you think we deserve it. If you have ideas for guests or topics, you can call our 1-800 number. Yes, we have a 1-800 number at 800-674-1839 or holler at us on social at HTW Podcast. You can also head to our website at htwpodcast.com for more episode info and check out our Daily Blend blog to see what we're drinking.